Mystery Maniacs. Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to mystery TV. Every week we dig into an episode of the show including the murders, the mayhem, and the loonies, and everything else we love. This week we're covering Murdoch Mysteries Season 2, Episode 2, Snakes and Ladders. Yes. If your uh, children are old enough to play Snakes and Ladders, they're old enough to watch this episode and listen to this podcast. If you're American, it's Shoots and Ladders. Shoots and Ladders. Because we don't like your snakes. We want slides. They're way more fun. <laughs> Wee! All the way down to degradation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this podcast is kind of amazing this week. Since, boy, have we had some weather. Yeah. I'm really, really glad we're recording almost on schedule because we have been without internet and or without power at least once a day for the last five days. Yes. Our children are <laughs> clinically insane. Oh, my god! Maybe we should put them in giant bathtubs and push their heads down. Yes. <laughs> Just like Dr. Roberts does in this oh episode. It's amazing how we all kind of forget how to entertain ourselves when we have no oh internet. Everybody's God. just sitting around staring at each other like, entertain me, the entertain other, me. The other night I was like, I don't want to talk to the children anymore. So I was like, let's talk about your futures. And they all just disappeared. They all just disappeared. <laughs> Uh, I didn't really want to talk about their future. No, you just wanted them to go away and entertain themselves somewhere else. Yes. So merch sales right now are going to Partners in Health, which is building a hospital in Sierra Leone for maternal health crisis that is their great cause. Please keep buying stuff. Go buy a t-shirt. Yep. Also, one other just quick announcement. We do have some events coming up, some live events and some trivia events. Those dates will be in the newsletter that comes out this Wednesday. Yep. So if you're subscribed to it, it, take a look at it. It's going to be big. Uh, if you're not subscribed to it, you should go subscribe to it. If not, go and um, keep an eye on the socials after Wednesday and you'll see some announcements there too. Also, it's a busy, it's a busy month for Marky Mark and his funky bunch. Uh, I'm probably going to do a Kickstarter this month, so you'll have to hear about that for my comic company. So Only a little. It is only a little, but I think this book more than the other book is a great gift for a granddaughter or a grandson. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, by the way, happy Canada Day. Thank you very much, and happy uh, Independence Day. Fourth of July. For us, it's Dependence Day. <laughs> happy Dependence Day. Well, we still have the Queen and everything. The no, King. The, the King. King. I say, oh, you my don't gosh. have a Queen anymore. Wow. Well, it's been, uh, They're coming to get you now. Yep. You can't make that kind of mistake and stay in the monarchy. February 10th, 2009. This was originally broadcast. Now, so Farad Mann directed this. He also directed Power and The Belly Speaker. Mm -hmm. And I think Power, he had no idea what he was doing. N they nobody were, did. They were they had trying to figure it out. Belly Speaker, they were almost there. He got the brief this time. Yeah. This is a wackadoodle Murdoch episode. It is. It's got fun. It's got murders and grisly bits and yep. personality. Written by Cal Coons. So Cold Open is straight out of a Hammer Horror movie. It's a dark street. There's a lonely woman. There's a carriage that drives up. Why aren't these streetlights on? It's late at night. That's when you need them the most. <laughs> <laughs> they should be on. Yeah. You know? Uh, this is one of those weird carriages where you ride inside of it and drive. Oh, so he's sitting on the little couch inside with the reins in his hand? Yes, because there's a big open space. The front's open. Yeah. It's got blood red curtains in the windows. And that great step that Don't. falls down. That's but that's the equivalent of pulling up next to somebody and leaning over and opening the door, the car door. Get in. That's, no, don't get in. You're showing me you're from Scotland Yard? What does that mean to me? Yeah, Nothing. Whatever. Yeah. We're not in England. Nothing. I'm not getting in. Ain't no way, no how. But the first girl, Moffat, she has been a prostitute in the past. Yeah. So she's more likely to get in, I guess. I guess so. But then Murdoch has son in a box. Son in a box. <laughs> Step one, put a son in a box. He invents a UV light. Yes. As one of his many, like, you did what? So Ahead of what? The rowing club murders had some 
phosphorescent glowing grain, I think it was, if I remember right. Yeah. Or dirt or something. And he's extrapolating. It was glowing schmutz of some sort. He is extrapolated from that, that if you put a sun in a box... You can see my fingernails. Thing is, is that lots of things glow under black light or UV light. Yeah. A lot of things, not just blood. Blood does not. And so it would come across as very black. Yeah. I'm just saying that so does ketchup. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know, somebody ate a bunch of hot dogs in this Ketchup hasn't been invented yet. That's not true. They had tomato sauce of some sort. Two tickets for the dinosaur thing. Sure. It's the dino ball. The dino ball. That's what I'm calling it. It's the dinosaur ball. Which is what we get to see next week. The dino ball? The dino ball is next week. That's true. That's true. I'm, I guess I can't decide whether I'm surprised that Murdoch doesn't know how to dance. He went to a Jesuit school where they would not have focused on those kinds of things. I think he's just trying to. He wants to be sure he, he can impress Julia. Yeah. He knows that Julia is richer than him. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to, he wants to appear prepared and like, this is a big thing for him. This is really his first date yeah. since his fiance. But Julia should know how to dance. Julia should. I'm calling shenanigans on she that. absolutely should know how to dance. Yeah. She was raised wealthy. She has yep. a younger sister. They both would have been taught how to dance. Even if she didn't buy into the whole, you know, debutante thing that people of her class might have, I think she would have learned the basics of dance. I think she would have been expected to go to some parties in her teenage years. No, I would think so. I think they even make reference to that when her sister shows up in two episodes. Yeah. Then we get a body. We get a body that's been gutted. Little Miss Moffat. Alberta Moffat. Has been gutted. Did you know that your first name is a province? That's the pattern. She does. We a should nice... have known it when Quebec Johnson was killed. <laughs> Some poor kid going fishing found something he wasn't looking Saskatchewan for. Saskatchewan Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Prince Edward Island Wilson. We finally figured out when none of it. <laughs> Rogers was found dead. How many Nunavut women are there? There's the twins, Newfoundland and Labrador. (laughs) One of them got a better name than the other one. Yeah, so Alberta Moffat has been gutted very similar to Jack the Ripper. Nice DB here, but I have a problem with this entire scene. What? Did you notice something about the writing? So on first the rock, of all, it says, try to stop me in blood on a for, rock on the other side of a fence. On the other side of the fence, way down at the ground. Do you lie under the fence mm-hmm. to do this? Okay. Did he also bring a stencil? Because, boy, the letters are perfect. The next one is clearly written in blood. Okay. The this next one, one is too. Okay. So he puts her on some hay bales on one side of the path. Okay. The rock is on the other side of the path. Yeah. So he had to, he murdered her in the carriage, right? Okay. Yeah. So he dumps her body and then dips his fingers in her guts, goes over, writes one letter okay. on the rock, comes back, dips his fingers again, you're, writes one letter miss, on the rock. You're missing like, an important part. He had to put the stencil on the rock first. <laughs> but nobody noticed him so going back he, and forth between a body down, and a rock. He lies down because the only way he could do it is if he lied down. Because it's so low to the ground. Yeah. Well, maybe he picked it up. Maybe he's much stronger than you think. Maybe he's just crawling back and forth <laughs> with the stencil. And nobody noticed. I, it, it was impressive. His maybe, registration was quite what good. Maybe he put the stencil on and then he just like squelched your guts up against the rock one time like a big stamp and then later over there. <laughs> that would work, maybe. Human stamp? Yeah, I could see that. Gut stamp. You're just full of ink. I don't have time for this. I'm Edward Scallon. Scanlon. Scanlon. Of Scotland Yard. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm not showing you any identification, here any paperwork, the, any evidence of who I am. The, Just take me at my word because I have an accent. The incredible conceit is oh, he's a British person. He can't be lying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of British people in Canada. But God forbid he was Irish. (laughs) Oh, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. I love that. He'll kill again. Wow. Okay. Really? Really. Genius. Bracken Reed comes out because Scanlon shoves his way, you know, through the constables. (laughs) How dare you touch me to get off me? And Bracken Reed says... Inspector Thomas Brackenreed of the Toronto Constabulary and whips his jacket open to show his badge. Yep. More, more professions should be able to do that. I should be able to go, Dr. Sarah Smith Robbins, podcaster. Web designer. 
<laughs> Here's my badge. I make comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be as effective, no. though. Have you ever had a badge or anything in any job? I have a swipey card. Yeah, I have a name. I've like had a name badge, but that's it. When I was a crossing guard in elementary school, I had a badge. Oh. It was silver. Wow. It was shiny. That's that's more badge than I ever had. I got had. to wear it on a little thing that went it went across your chest and around your waist that you wore over your clothes that was reflective, made you wow. look really important. Wow. <laughs> I kept little kids from getting run over. That's good. It's a good job. It's important. They've got a sketch of Harland Orgill. What a name. That's a bad name. Yeah, it is. And the Canadian Women's Council is mentioned here. Formed in October 27th, 1893. So, yes. One of the oldest uh, advocacy organizations in Canada. Lady Aberdeen. Was is it like the WPA? Kind of. Was elected Are, first no, president. Not, not the Works Program Administration. No. The... What's Women's it? Institute. Yeah, the WI. It's a little more uh, centered on like actually getting some rights than gotcha. The than making Women's jam. Institute. So Scanlon says that he tracked Orgill to Canada. Yes. We are going to spoil this, by the way. Yes. That he tracked Orgill to Canada because of one cutting from a newspaper that mentioned this Canadian women's group. And yes. that's how he knew he was going to Canada. Yes. Well, because it's him. He, Supposedly. Knew, well, he yeah. knew he was going to Canada. Yeah. But he's got this sketch of Orgill. Yes. Don't let the looks deceive you. He's a maniac. He's a maniac on the floor. Dancing like he's never danced before. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> they should... They should have made the sketch and made him look evil, like give yeah. him like pointy eyebrows and like, ah. He should look totally nothing like Cargo. Uh, well, but he doesn't. He doesn't look like Scanlan. Yeah. Or Gil doesn't. He's been chasing him for 14 months, three weeks, and four days. Yeah, that's And two hours odd, and 52 minutes. Oddly specific. <laughs> that's what Brackenreed says. Like, huh, that's quite a while. And we tried to figure out what that would mean. Maybe. I think it's a reference to March of 1895, okay. which was a good six years after the last Jack the Ripper killing. But there was a murder in Spitalfields in England, in London, yep. that was very similar to Jack the Ripper. The The MO was uh, very similar. And I think they're kind of winking at that. Like maybe. maybe that was his first murder in England. And then he killed seven more people and then fled to Cairo and then Bombay. Well, wait a minute, Sarah. I have Auckland. to go insane over a board game. <laughs> he <laughs> has a nowhere, tantrum. Out of nowhere, he goes crazy. Like, as soon as that happened, I would be like, has Scotland <laughs> well, Do you know this dude? Because um, he's kind of crazy. I have in my notes, checkers tantrum. <laughs> but, okay, so Scanlon is the murderer, right? He is Orgill. Mm -hmm. And he's killed 25 people now and yes. has not been caught. Now, nope. he killed the one detective who was actually on his trail. Yes. So you, if he's upset with the police for not catching him, he can't exactly blame the real Scanlon because he killed him. Well, like, you didn't catch me because I killed you. Well, and darn the, you. The whole idea is that he is Jekyll and Hyde, right? That he has this good personality and a bad personality. And we see some of this bad personality here and then never again. Well, he wants to be caught. He wants to be stopped. It's like killing is a compulsion and he can't help himself. So he wants somebody to catch him, but not so much that he's going to just tell them he's the killer. No. Right. That would be easy. He wants to play. So when game. he sees people playing checkers, he's like, darn you, you should be trying to catch me. Yes. Standing right here next to you. Yes. But then he buys them sh snakes and ladders as an apology, like he broke their checkers board. But he didn't. He just dumped it on the floor. It's not. He just upset the table. Yeah. They can still play checkers. Yeah. Anyhow. Obviously, there's not much crime going on because Murdoch's building Sun in a Box. So. I'd also can't be, be like, too busy. Uh, what are you doing, Deuce? <laughs> but maybe not throw a tantrum. <laughs> well, they don't know who he is. Why would they listen to him? Season two, City Shot. It's better. It's much better. Yeah. It actually looks like a place. So we go see the victim's mother who had to go all the way to Coburg from Grafton. Seven and a half miles, that would have been. That's quite a bit. If you have to walk. Yeah. If you're driving. Well, and Coburg would be 25 miles, I think. 
to Toronto, like probably get a train, but any distance yeah. is long when you've just found out your kid's dead. Yes. Right? It's really far. That's true. But on a lighter note, Mrs. Moffat, Melva is her name, is played by Wendy Lyon. Okay. Best known for her role in Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. I've seen that movie. Where she plays <laughs> yes. not the killer, but no. a killer. A killer. In a sequendy prom dress yes. in the 80s. Yes. Yes. Seen that movie. Yeah. It's quite the, quite the contrast between that role and this one. Prom Night 2, Murder Boogaloo. <laughs> Murder Boogaloo. She admits that though uh, Alberta's job was in a laundry, she also was a prostitute because they were very poor. She doesn't do that anymore. Not anymore. Not now anymore. she washes underwear for a living until late into the night. I guess. Sheets and stuff. The only board game I could find from the 1890s that I thought was interesting, a lot of them are very familiar and and Snakes and Ladders was actually quite old at this time, but had just been introduced to the UK yes. and to Canada. Yeah. It's from India. It's from India. And it had been around for a long time. But I found one called Spillikins, which I just think is a great That's name a for a game. That's a fun name, Spillikins. <laughs> Do you want to guess what Spillikins is? Uh, is it like one of those games like Kerplunk where you have to like, it's like a balanced dexterity game? Sort of. It's pickup sticks. It's yeah. pickup sticks. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Let's play a game of Spillikins. <laughs> Did you know that Snakes and Ladders may be the origin of the phrase back to square one? No. It makes sense. It does make sense. Yep. I, goes what do you, for a what dance. do you think of Snakes and Ladders? Have you ever actually I played think it, Snakes and Ladders? It has no skill. It has no skill. I've never played Snakes and Ladders. I have played Shoots and Ladders, and there's no skill. So this and is, so that annoys me. This is the problem I have with this game. It is supposedly a moralistic game mm -hmm. showing you that choices that you make that are bad have consequences. Lead to ruin and consequences. But you make no choices while playing the game. It is just you make dice. No choices during the game. And you are really, fate is capricious to you. Mm hmm. And if you ever want to read the most boring paragraph ever written, there's a paragraph on the mathematics of snakes and ladders on the <laughs> Wikipedia page. <laughs> Woo, boy. I read the whole thing. Sorry. I was like, wow. Because I, I was like grasping at straws going, there's got to be something interesting. But no. 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 Not an interesting thing. It's boring. Yeah. Murdoch goes for dance classes. This isn't boring. Oh, oh, I have a question before this. Okay. Before the dance classing. Murdoch says, we're going to catch this man. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't think Murdoch knows now, but I think he knows earlier than he lets on. That Scanlon is the killer? Yes. Okay. When we get to the point where you think he knows, you say. Yes. Because I agree, and I wonder if it's the same point. I, I thought that we would compare the points. Yes. Okay. Like, there's a point, certainly, of no return where he knows. Yeah. You tell me when your Scanlon alarm goes yes. off then. Okay. And I'll tell you where mine went off. Meanwhile, there's another murder while there's dance class. Led by Professor Otranto. Otranto. He's a professor? Yeah, I don't... He's fantastic, first of all. The actor is fantastic. It's Conrad Dunn. Yeah. He, he was in Stripes. With Bill Murray and John Candy. Oh, such a It's a pretty big role. Such a good movie that is problematic to it watch is. now. Yeah, yeah. But it's... When you're, when you're an adult and you watch a movie where Bill Murray is a layabout who can't get a job or keep a girlfriend, you're like, you're not dating my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> when you're younger and you're his, his age in the movie, you're like... Hey, leave a layabout alone, man. He's just man. trying, man. He's just but when you're man. older, you're like, that damn straight you're not dating my daughter. Like, throw lazy, him out right away. Lazy jerk. <laughs> but Professor Atronto is like snapping his fingers like, yep. Maria, come dance with this man. Assume the position. And, <laughs> and Murdoch has no idea. Now dance. <laughs> I love how scenery Edie he we, is. We have to see how bad you are, yeah. you know, to know how much he's like, oh, oh there's much work there's to be done here. much work to be done here. <laughs> but that, that was what's missing from season one. Yeah, we need that, like, yep. a comic relief in this episode <laughs> because people are getting gutted. 
Yes. And you need to giggle every once in a while. You know what the problem with the second crime scene is? Hmm. He oh, and Julia shows up, but doesn't need to. But yes. anyway, he yeah. forgot his stencil. Oh, he had to freehand it the yeah, second time? Yeah, he had to freehand it. In the gazebo? Gloria, Gloria Abercrombie from Aurelia. Mm-hmm. So she's a seamstress, YMCA, Orgles on the prowl, and he vivisected her. Her name should be Victoria Abercrombie. Or BC Abercrombie. <laughs> British Columbia Abercrombie. That's quite the name. <laughs> Do you know where vivisect comes from? No. The Latin of vivis and uh, sectio. Sectio's cut, right? Yeah. Or, or separate. Yep. And do you know what vivis is? Guts. Alive. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Alive cutting is like the that's worst. That's right. Because vivisection At- is when you, because it's vivre. Yeah. So it's when you cut something apart while it's still alive. Yep. As opposed to, uh, what's the opposite of vivre? It's not necrosection. It's... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm a little grossed out by what we're talking about. Well, when you uh, post-mortem, an autopsy yeah. is a necrosection. Yes. But I don't think that's the right word. What's the yeah. opposite of vivisection? I don't know. Well, Google it. You got a computer in front of you. Uh, sorry. <laughs> this is behind the scenes here. I've just got paper and pencil in front of me. He's got a computer in front of him. By the way, that's going to be the last thing that goes on the end of the episode. It's just Google it. You've got a computer in front of you. Google faster, faster. I get okay. Vivisection antonyms. Mm-hmm. No, there's no word that's coming up as that. Somebody's going to tell us a thousand times. <laughs> Google necrosection and see if that's a word. Because <laughs> necro's dead. Let me start. But another. one's Latin and one's Let Greek, Let me I think. start another browser here. <laughs> See, this is, this is you're, you're seeing how the sausage is made here, folks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's usually me who does the bad Googles. Is it a word? Uh, the first result <laughs> is for pancreatic Necrosectomy. So, so is it a word? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Okay. I'm getting a little throw up. <laughs> we'll just call it an autopsy. There we go. All right. Okay. I have a gigantic problem. Hey, here. Julia has a goldfish. Okay. Is that better? No. Does that help? No. She be- has a goldfish. Because it's alive. of what she says, it just bothers me. What? That her hymen's intact. It bothers Murdoch too, and it shouldn't bother either of you because it's just a fact. No, it does. What what bothers me is I don't like any notions of virginity because I see it as a social contract. But it's evidence she hasn't been raped. Yeah, that's why she's mentioning it. It's really the only evidence. Other than additional things that she could find. Yeah, but it's just. She's not I don't a prostitute. Think, I don't think in 2023 they would say that. Oh, I think they would. No, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Unfortunately. I was trying to lighten the mood here. Okay. Necrosection. Goldfish. <laughs> There's a goldfish in the morgue and we get a nice little shot of it. A yes. little living thing that yes. gets to hang out in the morgue along with the, the record playing. So we forgot to mention in all the things we mentioned last week about how great this episode. Dr. Roberts. Dr. Roberts. The shows alien. up. He's an alienist. He is. He is fantastic. Who is too radical. Yes. He's, he's too radical. He's so radical. He grabs women in steam baths by the chin. <laughs> we'll get there. With a, he, he's got a clipboard. We have to deal with the over this dead body. I'd like to ask you out. <laughs> oh, nah. He, he's so, Scanlon is so rude to Julia. He's having a little tantrum again. Yeah. It's Jack the Ripper. It's the killer. It's the killer, killer, killer. I know, I know, I know. And she's like, okay, I'm not even trying to argue with you. Yeah. Whatever, dude. So we go to the Dr. Roberts place of business. Mm-hmm. And the incurables. The hydrotherapy area. Mm-hmm. And the, the notion of incurables goes completely against what he is doing. Okay. Yeah, because he thinks they can be cured. And that is the whole alienist. That's the radical thing. The whole alienist mentality is that uh, mental uh, that uh, mental health can be fixed 
and improved. And has a cause. Yeah. That's the key. A cause that can be remedied versus you're just broken. Yes. You're hysterical. Yes. Notice it's a lot of women in these tubs. Oh my gosh. You're hysterical and you can't help it because it's just how you're made. He just grabs that woman by her neck. She's got a long neck to begin with. And he's like, stretch Armstrong, rubber neck and. <laughs> he's like, giraffe lady, get over here. You're alive. Check. <laughs> Next. She looks like she's having a seizure, but he doesn't care about that. He's like, check. You're laced into your bathtub. Nice yep. and tight. Oh, it does look kind of pleasant, though. Yeah, it looks like it would without feel the nice. neck pulling. It I don't be... want anybody coming along and yanking no, my head, but no. yeah, I think laying in a hot tub would feel kind of nice. Yeah, I guess so, but still, it's hysteria soup in there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. And then we find out that the carriage that has picked these women up before they were murdered was stolen. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. And they find it, and I need my son in a box. Get the son in a box. And a dark barn. It's yes. a police barn, apparently. Yes. So he mentions Mr. Woods and MIT here, right? So I did some research on in Rob, what In what context? Uh, that he... Murdoch mentions him? Yeah, he contacted Mr. Woods at MIT about his stuff in a box. Okay. About his light in a box. Absolutely true. Robert W. Wood would have been, he was at Harvard and MIT at this time. Super smart dude. He worked with ultraviolet light and supersonic waves. First guy to take a picture of a sound wave. Dude. Super interesting guy in some uh, respects. Other than that, boring is all boring. No okay. crazy ideas. No. Just sound science. And- when he was in our <laughs> undergrad and married her and stayed with her for his entire life, died in his sleep of no natural, of no known illness. And took Murdoch's calls, apparently, just, about the son in the box. Just the most boring human being. Who is That's ever- okay. Yeah. He came up with some good stuff. Yes. He's too busy doing solid science to be dramatic, I guess. Speaking of solid science, what kind of maniac am I? I... I- I don't know. I'm the kind of maniac who pauses and looks at the map to make sure all the streets are labeled correctly. (laughs) That doesn't make you a maniac. That makes you a nerd. (laughs) What they don't have, which I wish they did. Okay, so this is a city. Because Murdoch has drawn the street plan on the chalkboard to show where the women were leaving from. Where their bodies were found. This is right downtown Toronto, Mm -hmm. west of University. I know exactly where this is because I used to work and live in this neighborhood. Maybe you're a suspect then. Maybe. But what they missed out on is there is John Street. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go far enough north to be Queen Street, which is unfortunate because the headquarters of the people making this show at this point in time uh-huh. are at Queen and John. So and like one should, block north of the where the map stops yeah, on the chalkboard? Yeah, they should have had a little X or something there. That would have been clever. As a little, you know, hint to it. But And they talk, so this is when they really talk about Jack the Ripper. Yes. And whether Orgill could be Jack the Ripper. And he's clearly he's not. And they talk about how there were other well-established suspects at the time, yes. but none of them were proven guilty. And they talk about Dr. Thomas Cream, who was Canadian, right? Yes. But he was executed. He was executed, but he was in prison at top, in Illinois at the time of the Ripper murders. For what? Uh, for trying to kill women. Oh. He was a poisoner also. Okay. Now. Why did they think that he could be Jack the Ripper then? Just because when he was executed, he said, I'm Jack the. Oh, and then dropped. Yes. Which is apocryphal. He didn't actually say that. Oh. But, but it was re- widely reported that he said that. Now this has got me thinking of all the awful I'm things Jack you could. Jack the Baker. Yeah. <laughs> well, just all the awful things you could kind of say. Like, there's another body. You'll never find it. Drop. Yeah. You know. My one million dollars is located. <laughs> yeah, something like that. A couple of things. So, so they go over some popular theories about Jack the Ripper here. Do yeah. You, do you have a theory about Jack the Ripper? No. You don't have any here? No. I I may have been a bit of a Jack the Ripper person for a while. 
in the, it would have been the early. I mean, two, I'm aware of the predominant theories, but I don't have a favorite of those. In the early 2000s, there was a comic book that came out called From Hell that mm. Alan Moore wrote and uh, was later made into Eddie a movie Cam- with Johnny Depp. Yes, Eddie Campbell did the art. the the book The comic is completely different than the movie, mm-hmm. except for Gull is the the culprit in both cases, and both are very very bloody. Yeah, incredibly bloody. Very gory. And it is amazing what that story will do to people who try to delve into it and figure out who... There are still new books coming out. Yeah, absolutely. With supposedly new evidence. Now, we've watched another television show within the last five years in which Thomas Cream appears. You're looking at me like, what are you talking about? I am. In River, which has Skarsgård in it, Mm -hmm. the eldest Skarsgård in it. Yeah. Where he sees dead people. Yeah. One of the dead people he sees is River. Is is Dr. Thomas Cream. Is Dr. Thomas That's Cream. a really good show. If you guys haven't watched River, watch it. It's and, really good. And actually, he is played by a well-known guy, Eddie Marzant, who was... Oh, wasn't he just in that, that show about the guy who faked his death in a, in a canoe? It was a true the story. The man hit his wife in a canoe. He also plays Lestrade in the... Uh, Sherlock Holmes with Iron Man in it. Uh, he's been in a million things. So long story short, Roberts, Dr. Roberts, basically comes up with a profile. Yes. Did you read his report? No. I did. <laughs> of course you did. See, I don't because I know you're going to. I know you're going to pause it and you're going to put your face right up to your screen and read every word. I may have done just that. So I don't bother. His report is titled, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Report. Oh, that's a good name for it. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's for uh, Inspector. Uh, it's for Murdoch, Detective mm-hmm. Murdoch. It has the date on it, May seventeenth, eighteen ninety six, which is why we know the date. Uh, it's labeled report and basically says exactly what his lines are in the previous scene. Oh well, that's good. Yes, so you can look at it and you know not have to memorize his lines. <laughs> Just read it. I guess. Ultimately, the whole idea is a Jekyll and Hyde. Is yes. that this killer? has a dark side and a light side and that his dark side is the killer and his light side wants him to be caught. And that but again, most like likely I said, not so much that he's going to just confess. Is some sort of maternal or sisterly abuse. His mommy was mean to him. Or something like so that. So now... He has, he has to has kill to, eight women. He has which, to vivisect eight <sighs> women because he's so into snakes and ladders and there's eight snakes. I guess we'll get there. <laughs> So now if I want to get under your skin, all I have to do is say vivisect? No, 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 no. For me, it's moist. Yeah. I hate that word so much. Round up the sexual deviants. Moist vivisections. Ew. Okay, so dance class number two includes Julia and ass grabbing. Yes. Well, they almost fall down. Oh, look, we can flirt at dance class now instead of over dead bodies. But the only time that they actually dance well is when they're talking about murders. Mm-hmm. Then they, their mind is not on their feet and they're able to actually dance. Yes. This is going to make the wedding really awkward. <laughs> we can't dance unless we're talking about dead people. <laughs> Let's go to the club, Julia. We can figure out who did it. Helene Joy does a really good job of acting here. She uh, she knows that Murdoch is uncomfortable and mm-hmm. is trying to make him comfortable. And then he's like, can we talk about the case? And she's like, okay, this is going to make him more comfortable. And maybe he won't grab my ass as much. <laughs> or stomp my feet. <laughs> or stomp on my feet. So let's talk about it. And they do a great job. Well, she's also interested too. That's yes. all she thinks about. Meanwhile, Brackenreed and Scanlon are at the pub. Yes. And Talking about poverty and dirt and war. And Brackenreed says that he has family back at home that he misses, including his parents and a brother. He does. So Brackenreed's brother, what do you think? Older brother, younger brother? We never brother. meet him. We no, don't know. No, we don't know. I think his brother is older and bigger and rougher. You see, I think his brother is younger, his other exactly like Crabtree or Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little nerd brother. What ha- what happens if it's if it's Timmy if it's a twin brother? <gasps> There's two Brackenreeds. Dun dun dun! There's a plot. Hey writers, if you hear this and you decide to write an evil twin yes. to Brackenreed, we get credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's got to have a pointy mustache, you know, and like darker eyebrows or something. And we're going to get to this at the end. But Scanlan's like, here is a gigantic clue Mm -hmm. of how to catch me. Yeah. I'm like, I think Murdoch might know then. Okay. You think when Scanlan mentions that she stayed at the WYWCA, that that is him, that Murdoch is like, aha. No, Murdoch, I think Murdoch is like, that's a weird thing to say, and I'm going to have some suspicions about you now. See, I interpreted that as, oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's good detective insight. I'm going to do, I'm going to act on that information. So that's interesting. Well, they they get a, a false suspect. Poor Morris Bailey is just a peeping Tom. He just likes to look at the ladies. He doesn't do anything to them. So, okay. So he's knowing it. He he peeps and he he plays with himself. <laughs> Onanism. Okay. On, onanism. This guy is a great actor. Mm-hmm. He shows up, eats the scenery for two scenes, and then is out. Well, he does take Henry hostage in the cell. <laughs> and then Scanlon conveniently shoots him in the back. I'm not hanging for those whores. <laughs> nope. Bang. You're going to die in the cell for them instead. Yeah. Like, well, how convenient that you you kill the suspect. Well, I guess that's all wrapped up. Yep, but Murdoch's not happy. Well, what did Scanlon think was going to happen now? Was he just going to stick around and kill more people, or was he going to leave? Or? What Scanlon thought, as I mentioned, we'll cover at the end. Okay. Because he totally, like, what is his plan of action? What is his end game? What is... There's so many problems here. So Morris is a suspect because he's caught looking into women's windows. Yes. He's a voyeur, a criminal voyeur. Yes. He's a peeping Tom, they used yes. to call them. And and he he is committing crimes. Yes. No one should he, be observed and unless he admits they want to be observed. And he admits yeah. that. And he says, that's that's what I'm guilty of. Do you know why they were called peeping Toms? No. Why were they? Well, I think it has to do with um, someone who looked at Lady Godiva. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Yep. So Lady Godiva was the wife of a earl or a duke or something. In who was, Coventry. Who was overtaxing the people, and yep. she wanted him to lower the taxes, and he was a jerk, and he said, I'll lower the taxes if you ride through town naked on a horse. Yep. And so she put out an edict and said, everybody stay inside, close your windows. I'm going to walk I'm through. I'm going to do this, but please don't look. And they were supportive of her. She's yes. heroic. Yeah, it's heroic yeah. that she's basically doing this ride of shame because her, her husband is such a tyrant. Mm-hmm. And Tom is the only one who looked. Yeah, he gets an eyeful too on, on uh, the horse there. On Wikipedia, they call it the most infamous instance of voyeurism. Yeah, Peeping Tom. So, yeah, Bailey takes Henry hostage. She's going to kill him. And then Scanlon just boom and then asks Julia out for a date. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, um, I got no. work to do. And I can like murder. <laughs> so you're creepy. And you yelled at me over a body earlier. So, no, I don't want to go out. I have to wash my hair. I mean, a body. <laughs> she writes in her record books with uh, not a quill pen, but no. close to it. Yeah, it's, it's a dip pen. It's a dip pen. And I don't know why, because ballpoints existed already. Never mind fountain pens that had internal ink. Yeah. I don't know why she does that. That's really. She would have had a fountain pen. Old By the way, school, messy. George is like total fountain pen head later on. Yeah. But. Then there's a fingerprint montage. Yes. And he goes. To, well, before the fingerprint montage, he goes to the YMC. Murdoch does and finds out that some policeman came and looked at their records. Yep. This is where I think he knows. First Toronto. Puts the connection together. uh, YWCA is 1873. So totally would have happened. So you think he knows it's Scanlon earlier than this. This is where I think he knows. I think when she says, one of your men were already here, and he says, what do they look like? He's confirming that it's Scanlon. Okay. So you think he already suspects? I think he already suspects. Well, the real Scanlon died in Cairo. Yes. We get a telegram from the yard. Okay, this is an instantaneous telegram. Like, why did it take five days to get there? They didn't ask. They took him at his word that he was who he says he was. He probably had some identification. He had a badge. Just didn't have his picture on it. Mr. Scanlon. He's a maniac. Don't trust him by the picture. You're frightening me. How many times does Julia get attacked in the morgue? 
Quite a few, but I think this is the first one. I'm thinking maybe 15. <laughs> she, she's really traumatized by this, though. As she should be. And he's not dead. No. But he's got big scissors in his chest. Yep. He's what a I like dummy it. to attack her in the morgue in the first place with oh. his tiny little knife. Yeah. Okay. When she's got like saws and scalpels and great big blades and and this this is a trope that gets vivisection tools that gets reversed so many times in Murdoch it becomes a reverse trope. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the trope is Julia's in trouble, so we have to go save her. Oh, we saved Julia while she was in trouble, right? Okay, Julia the, can usually protect this herself. This is the princess in yeah in uh in peril myth, yes. right? So in this show, particularly Murdoch, they flip this around. Like in Midsummer, Joyce sometimes gets in trouble and she needs help. Mm-hmm. She needs legitimately to get, needs, needs to be saved, yeah. rescued. Yeah, Julia, it's never like that. No, she kills multiple people. <laughs> yes. Okay. In the morgue. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> out of the morgue. Shotguns. Bow and arrow. Yeah. Like. She can take care of herself. She is. But this is the first time it happens, and she's really upset. She, As she should be. She's like, I, I, I need to go home. And like Murdoch's like, no, this is. I'm going to take you home. Yeah. I'm going to take you home and put my hand on your ass and calm you down. <laughs> He's not like that. No. But. I just have poor Julia. Yeah. I think he wanted to be killed, though. He said, thank you. Do you think they go to. To dance class the same night? Yeah. Okay. Because he's he says to Professor Otranto, something happened at work today. Yeah, he does. And she says, and this is where I think this acknowledgement of trauma is good, where she goes, I'd really like to be held right now. Tonight more than any night, I would very much like to be held. Yes. But you've skipped a really important scene. What did we skip? Murdoch returns to the Incurables Asylum. Yes. To tell Dr. Roberts that his profile was correct. Yes. And we get to see the best character in the episode. (laughs) Oh my God. He gets a microsecond of full screen. There is a kid at the asylum who... What is up with his hair? I don't know if his hair is making him crazy or if he's crazy so he has that hair. But he's just standing there grinning like an idiot. He is clearly placed in this episode for maniacs to see. Yes, we have a screenshot of him. I I challenge people to notice him if you He's noticed him when you watched it. He's gotta be the son or if you blink, some you will miss him. Relative of somebody in the crew, yes. with his big giant Encino <laughs> man hair. He looks like Polly Shore. He looks like some '90s Lollapalooza <laughs> band reject. But he's just standing there grinning. Like grinning like a crazy person at the crazy person (laughs) house. Is this bad wig part of my treatment, Doc? (laughs) Do you think it's a wig or do you think it's a wig? I think it's a wig. I think it's a wig too. So he had to get dressed? Unless they just, the casting director just happened to see this kid with this hair and was like, I got a part for you. Come on. (laughs) Come here. Come here, kid. (laughs) Your hair has earned you a pardon, Murdoch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just stand here and grin, okay? Yeah. It'll be fine. I want you all, when you watch this, if you haven't watched this again, to point at your television and scream and see no man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me live at crazy house now. <laughs> ook, ook. Well, this is not the end of Dr. Roberts, one of our favorite characters who they do a very good job of going, oh, okay, he's a good character and we're not going to put him in every episode ever again. Yeah. They do a good job of that. So they theorize that, I'm just going to call him Scanlan, that yeah. Scanlan kills eight people because there are eight snakes and snakes and ladders. But they leave it open and I don't like that. But I don't like Scanlan as a killer the whole thing. Yeah. What is his inciting Well, incident? we know nothing about Orgil, yeah. who he really is. What, what, so. what is his inciting incident? What is the reason he comes to Toronto? Why does he, like, if he's going to shoot that guy and he knows he's going to kill six more other women, why does he kill him? Like, why not let him rot in prison? And I just, he's he is a great, goofy character, but... If you take 10 seconds, it makes no sense. Well, I can answer part of that. Okay. 
The reason that he comes to Toronto is that he has heard of Murdoch and he thinks Murdoch can catch him. I think that's the most likely suggestion. And that's why he pretends to be a policeman to insinuate himself into the case because the closer he is to Murdoch, the more likely Murdoch is to catch him. But he's a Looney Tune, so he can't just confess and be caught. Yeah. But he wants to be caught, right? So he wants to be close to the investigation so that he can get caught. If, if So it's flattery to Murdoch that he came all the way from Auckland. If Doyle knows about Murdoch, then he would certainly know about Murdoch. Yeah. I think it would take like two months to sail from Auckland to I would to think so. And he'd Canada. have to kill somebody on the boat. He'd get like, bored. Yeah, wouldn't you? If you're a maniac. I mean, just going from London to Cairo, I think you'd probably want to kill somebody. If you're a maniac killer. You know. But you can't kill eight people on a boat and nobody no, notice. People are going to notice that. Maybe nobody would play snakes and ladders with him. Maybe. He but, says he's obsessed with it. I'm like, are you playing it all by yourself? Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> you playing it against yourself. And he gets angry at the game. I'm like, you're angry at the dice, <laughs> not the game. <laughs> Just be glad it was that there. There's so many other board games he could have been obsessed with. That would have been so much worse. If he was obsessed with chess, he would be like killing royal families or something. I guess maybe <laughs> I hate castles. Yes. Or if he was into Monopoly, he'd be killing people who lived on certain streets. Like he would have all these street maps of all these cities to go. Which one has a boardwalk where yeah. I can go kill somebody? That makes a little more sense. It'd be like ABC murders, like yeah. uh, Agatha Christie. And the, the best one I thought of, though, was Sorry. Because <laughs> that would be... <laughs> That's the most Canadian. I'd be so Canadian. I'd be like, I kill somebody. Sorry. 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 Stab, stab, stab. Sorry. I have to tell you, I played Sorry maybe twice. My parents bought it for me. I played it maybe twice, and I just didn't like it. <laughs> And I remember... You don't like being okay. mean to anybody. So, even if you get to say sorry. So I have two brothers and two sisters, but they are much older than me. So I was left alone as a child a lot of Did the you time. play sorry against yourself? I played sorry against <laughs> myself and never... Like, like, I had a special rule. I had a special rule when I played myself... The whole idea of sorry is that if you land a token on another player's token's space, it's like a race game to get to an end sorry, point. But you can you send, send people send back. Home. Yeah, but my they have to start house all over rule again. was that that didn't count when I was playing alone. <laughs> you never sent yourself back to the beginning. Oh, no, that's mean. <laughs> I thought your house rule was going to be, if you could, you had to. You have to send yourself back. No. Even if it's just you playing against no, yourself. No, I didn't like that. <laughs> Not <It's> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I can't send you back to the beginning like I'm supposed to. You're too nice. <laughs> Murdoch goes back to dance class. Yep. And Professor Tronto says, your abilities are not that bad. <laughs> They're not that bad. He seems to be getting better. They have a nice moment with Julia. Here. They do. And next week, they go to the dinosaur show. Mm-hmm. The dino ball. The dino ball. Best corpse? I think Alberta is the best corpse. I do, too. She we hardly a, see Abercrombie. Yeah, but Alberta does a great job, and she's just lying there. and On the hay bales. They, they make a really good job of making the pictures look like the Ripper pictures, but they're not the Ripper pictures. They're too clear to be the yeah. Ripper pictures, yeah. frankly. Yeah. <laughs> they need to be way blacker and smudgier and stuff. Yeah. So after the credits, poor I feel so bad for Morris Bailey. Oh. I mean, he was a criminal, he deserved to be punished, and he should not have taken Henry hostage, but he was desperate. He he what he did was not directly violent. He thought And he, he was, was gonna be sent to the noose. Which that's absolute, not the way to get a to, to plead your case. Yeah. But poor Mrs. Moffat just has to go home without her daughter. Yeah. All the way to Coburg and then grafted. And I guess Brackenreed's going to have to write a letter to Scotland Yard. Yeah, saying... Uh, I solved your murders for you. Yeah. Cairo, Bombay, Auckland. Here's a solution. 
It was this guy. Are you ready for a terrible movie? I am ready for a terrible movie. Oh, I've got one. I've just got one. But boy, is it a doozy. Okay. So Conrad Dunn, who plays Professor Otranto, the dance instructor, is in this movie. Oh. Okay. (laughs) And he's like a major. Do we see him again? I I don't know. I didn't know. I won't look him up on IMDb because I'll probably see the movie he's in. He, yes, please don't. Okay. (laughs) Now you're willing to touch the computer in front of you? I see how it is. Yeah, he plays a major character in this movie. He's not just like in the background. Okay. This is a 1996 movie. Okay. The tagline is, danger has a new face. Okay. Okay. After his wife is killed in a criminal deal gone wrong, a policeman is shot in the face and declared dead but instead undergoes secret plastic surgery to disguise himself as the hitman who killed his wife. Going undercover, he infiltrates a dangerous underworld in order to find a mobster and a valuable microchip. Okay, so this... So his wife is killed, he gets shot in the face, and then gets plastic surgery to look like the man who killed his wife. And I think this is... So he can fool the mobsters. So this is a ripoff of Face Off. It's before Face Off, isn't it? It's before Face Off? 1996. I don't know. It stars Lorenzo Lamas. Oh. (laughs) Wow. So Lorenzo Lamas was famous for being on Destiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Joan Collins. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And he tried to be an action star in the 90s. He did. And this, this... I in '96. If it wasn't Lorenzo Lamas, it would have been Dolph Lundgren at this time. Something yeah. I, I would have not seen this movie because I would have been above Lorenzo Lamas movies oh. at this point in time. Well, Conrad Dunn plays the mobster who who he's out nice. to get. Nice. It's called Mask of Death. Mask of Death. Yes. Wow. His plastic surgery is so good, it fools all of the mobsters into thinking that the assassin they sent out has just come back. I mean, he just looks just like him. Wow. Because <laughs> it's just your face. It's not like how yeah. you move. No, no. What you how know, you sound and stuff like what that. What you know about who you've killed since you're an assassin who killed a cop's wife. And yeah. Where have you been while you were healing up? I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah. I've never so seen So Lorenzo that. Lamas gets to play the, the assassin. And, and then, then he gets to play the cop pretending to be the assassin. assassin. Wow, that takes yeah, some acting skill. That's that's Lorenzo. Mask of Death. Mask One point for me. Mr. Maniacs can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and email as well as Reddit. By the way, the Midsummer Reddit has been, had some really good discussions. Oh, yeah, it. fun ones. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks to everybody for pitching in there and having a good conversation. What's season two, episode three? Uh, it is Dinosaur Fever. Yeah. I got a fever. It's dinosaurs. Paleontology. Yep. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. And that will be released on 710. Remember, the mids, uh, the Mystery Maniacs newsletter comes out this Wednesday, which will be the 5th of July. Yep. With information. Important announcements. An- Announcements. But if you don't subscribe and you don't want to, you'll see them announced thereafter in the socials. It's a good newsletter. And we'll remind you next week. Really hard on it. I know you do. And it only comes out once a month. It only comes out once. It's not spam. Nope. It's not spam. All right. Until next time. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. There's a there's a movie with um oh, never mind. We'll have to cut this. It's